Shut up and sit down. Hello and welcome to this special edition of the 7-Day Brew. On this episode, we'll be looking at the Singapore budget. How we can support Singaporeans to live with strength, confidence, fulfillment. We'll be looking at Trump. Great thing for the American worker, what we just did. As well as the OPEC oil production cuts. Once again, welcome along to this special edition of the 7-Day Brew. My name is Ernest, happy to have you back on the podcast and I'm happy to be back on it as well. Today, for this special edition, we are looking forward to the month of February. So we usually do this weekly. Today, we are doing it for the entire month of February. Now with me here today, I have a very special friend of mine. His name is none other than RJ Menon. <laughs> hey. I am getting it right, right? Because I have yeah. not uh, said your full name on air before. Yeah, no, that's fine. That's fine. RJ Menon is good. I don't know, because it's RJ Menon and Gudu. Gudu, RJ Govinda Menon. Govinda Menon. That's yeah. right. That's your email. and I've That's my email, but, you know, it's just to make I just, sure. I just type AJ and it auto... It auto fills it in, in, so you never have to think about it. Yeah. All right. Well, once again, thanks for joining us. This yeah. brand new edition of The 7 Day Brew is going to be different from the weekly ones that uh, I usually do. Mm -hmm. This is one where we forecast the month ahead, so it's a special edition. So you can also look forward to the weekly editions coming up on Sunday evenings as well. Sunday evenings, all right. You got to mark this, your calendars. If this is the first time that you are tuning into The 7 Day Brew, it is a weekly and no, monthly podcast that gives you a rundown of the news that is coming up in the week or month ahead mm -hmm. for you to forecast and look ahead to what is the key events that you can look forward to on your news calendar. Now, we all know there's a lot of things happening day to day in the news, but it's mm. difficult for us to always keep an eye out like, okay, has this happened? Has that happened? Has this happened? <laughs> that is true. But the idea I'm getting from Ernest is that with this show, we give you a heads up. Correct. These things are going to happen. Keep an eye out for them. But when they do happen, mm -hmm. don't buy it wholesale. <laughs> Beware of fake news. That's all you're saying. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> or, or also, it could mean that don't trust us too much. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'd like to urge you to help us along. Subscribe to us. Uh, we are on iTunes and SoundCloud. You can head on to those portals as well as your favorite podcast solutions provider. Uh, if you're on Android, I don't know what you have. I love this language. Podcast solution providers. <laughs> it's a new thing, I'm sure. Uh, please subscribe to us. It helps us along yeah, very yeah. much. Of course, today's special episode, we want to thank our venue sponsors, uh, so to speak. That's right. Radio Pals. <laughs> Sound of NUS. Sound of NUS. Is that, still, is that still the station tagline? Yeah, it is. It is. It is. Perfect. Okay, so once again, uh, we are broadcasting or we are recording today from the studios in Starbucks in Newtown in the National University of Singapore. We want to thank uh, NUS Campus Radio for having us back here at the studios. You can tune into them, www.radiopulse.com. They broadcast on weekdays mm -hmm. and uh, they can catch up with all the latest happenings around school and around town. And it's free of charge. It's so. free of charge. And of course, <laughs> if you want to keep up to date with the latest indie hits from Singapore and across the globe, this is the place to be. Exactly. We play local music all day, every day. Well, tell you what then, uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, <laughs> let's get straight into it because we've got yeah. quite a lot of things to touch on this month. So February, hmm. happening month, both at home and across the globe. Globe. Globe, that's right. <laughs> we begin, of course, with the Singapore budget debate. That is going to commence as of February 20th. 
Yeah. Uh, that is when Finance Minister Heng Sui Kiet, who is back in action. Yeah, finally back in God action. God bless him. Yeah. And he is this back, guy. of course, with the, this year's Singapore budget. He will be presenting it to Parliament on Monday, February 20th. Now, most analysts are not expecting big changes in terms of the direction of policy from last year's uh, budget. Mm-hmm. But of course, from some of the research that I've done on the various avenues that the government is reaching out, so REACH, Facebook, they're going to have a Facebook Live Q&A apparently as well. Wow. Apparently, it's been happening for a few years now. So <laughs> if you did not know, this is something that is happening too. Now, wow, okay. Amongst the many things, this is one thing we're going to highlight today uh, on our episode here. And that is for the last couple of years, we have been underperforming in terms of our labour productivity, right? The economic strategies commi- strategies. I'm messing up my words. Economic the, Strategies Committee. Yes, they have a 10-year restructuring plan. And apparently, we're now as we're hitting the halfway mark, we are missing the t- projections or the targets for productivity by 2 to 3% per annum. Okay. So this has a lot of reasons why things like this are happening. Had the global economic slowdown recently as well. Mm-hmm. And in spite of all these things, Singapore is rapidly trying to pick itself up, you know, like force itself by its heels, yeah. pulling its socks up as it takes one <laughs> and two steps walking down. <laughs> this is what Singapore is doing. And they have a whole new set of um, ideas, initiatives. They've had it from the budget in 2016, from the budget in 2015, 2014. Mm-hmm. Things that they've started to get the ball rolling to hope that they could have an improved productivity by this time. So here's the thing though, I'm not sure how much more productivity we can squeeze out of Singaporean labour, you know, because have you not been working hard, RJ? Because <laughs> I have. <laughs> and I wonder, I mean, I wonder how much further can we push our productivity, which brings us to this year's budget debate. Mm. Now, one of the key ways that I have seen in terms of the resources that they're putting up online is a move away from, you know, manual labour or, you know, kind of like human hands, a bit more towards automation. That's right. And that, of course, is a global trend as well. Mm -hmm. And I wonder how this is going to affect Singapore. Now, automation is this beautiful, magical world, which (laughs) everyone says they just have to say that word one time and it solves all the problems. Oh, I need to hire so many people in order to get this thing done, to lower prices. Automation. Now, in most contexts, in most companies, what they're looking at automation is not in essence, a machine. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be a hardware machine that does a lot of these things, but Mm -hmm. at most times, it's just software. Sure. Data processing, data analysis, because a lot of times, most of the workforce you have in your company is looking at how much money do I have coming in, how many products do I have coming in, Mm. routing that products. Logistics has a lot of manpower inside it. And all these things, converting to automation just means that you have fewer people in your company doing this work, everything happens in a certain structure that you've already pre-described. Mm-hmm. Big data coming in as well. Mm-hmm. Data analytics. I'm sure a lot of you have heard about what happened with the SMRT train and uh-huh. how the data scientists managed to solve that problem with yeah. technology software. <laughs> with technology. With technology. Wow. You know, data science became this huge, beautiful world. But mm-hmm. what does that actually mean for us? If we are saying that you have automation, do the work of people and to do it faster, what then becomes of these individuals? Exactly. So this has been a trend, in fact, for a couple of years now. And the Singapore government has been pumping in money, credits for companies to use robot cleaners, apparently. You can get a grant (laughs) for that. And moving towards automation has been something that has been around for a couple of years. But the continued focus on this is set to come in this year's budget. Mm. Now, the government has had other measures as well to tackle what's going to be inevitably a structural unemployment issue, 
right? When people get unemployed because of... Uh, you know, Their skills are now being carried out by a robot. Yeah, so and made redundant in a certain way. It's redundant. So, so we, we do have the Skills Future Credit. We mm-hmm. still we also have other measures in place to address this kind of problems. And you can see where they're going with it, right? Uh, a lot of the Skills Future uh, credit programs and all that center around programming, mm. learning computer literacy, especially mm. for older workers. Mm. Why? Because a lot of it is happening in computers. So if an older worker who has previously did everything by hand on a checklist is now able to do that similar thing on an Excel sheet or a spreadsheet, it's supposed to increase his value to the company. But Mm. with the kind of automation Singapore is going for to really increase productivity, would that still be relevant? Well, the question is, what kind of automation do you foresee uh, happening at least? What areas do you think uh, automation can really make a change? Now... Because mm-hmm. if you're using people, you have to run them in shifts, in working hours sure. and all that. People need to take breaks. People need to rest once in a while. But a yeah. machine can run nonstop. You have a downtime for maintenance, but that's predictable. That's true. It's very predictable. You won't have a machine suddenly tell you that, oh, you know what? I want to take MC today because I have a little bit of a headache. <laughs> <laughs> well, when we do get to that stage of technology, I'm going to be excited. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Any case, well... Uh, in that, in that regard, I, I suppose, there still will be worries on the ground whether these movements towards labour productivity would mean that there are uh, you know, cases of retrenchment and unemployment across Singapore, uh, the Singaporean population. Mm-hmm. That, of course, is yet to be seen how those will be addressed further because I, I'm personally not too sure whether SkillsFuture does enough to, to mediate or to... Equip the skills, right? Yeah, equip the skills to move forward out of your industry because it's just $500, come on. Five hundred dollars, and it's just—it's not. It's and it teaches you Excel and Microsoft Word, which, which is a small step, though. Which is a small step, but is it enough? Correct. Or does it help you gainfully get employed? Exactly. Well, nonetheless, I think this is just one of the many aspects that we can look forward to in this year's budget debate. Of course, once again, the budget will be presented on February twentieth. However, Parliament does sit on February sixth, which is the first Monday of the month of February. I think the tone of and the direction of where the budget is going to be headed towards will be clarified further from that sitting. Mm-hmm. And of course, following the presentation of the budget is the committee of supplies debates and thereafter the passing of the bill. So yeah. that is yet to be seen. Of course, that is the Singapore budget debate happening through the month of February. Now, let's move on swiftly to this other thing, yeah? Because we have the Joint Council of Bilateral Cooperation. That is the top bilateral body overseeing cooperation between Singapore and China. Now, they are meeting in February. We, um, MFA has not said exactly what date it is going to be held on. Okay. And one of the key factors here is that the US has t- pulled himself out of the TPP. Exactly. One of the first executive orders, right? It is, exactly. One of the first few. <laughs> one of the many first one few. Of the, you put out a lot of executive orders, just one after the other, you know, it's like... So just the funny thing, because the yeah. TPP was centered around the US continuing its assertion of power influence within the region of Asia. It's interest okay. in Asia, so to speak. Now hmm. that the US has pulled out, there is a possibility that China is going to step in mm-hmm. to the TPP. Okay. Or at least how this changes the dynamic, we are not too sure yet. Uh, this would be one of the key meetings that uh, influences the future of economic ties within the region because China and Singapore are two key players economically within Southeast Asia and China, at least the greater East, Eastern region as well. Mm. Okay, so that is to be seen. The Joint Council of Bilateral Cooperation, that meeting happening this month, uh, more to come, of course, through the later dates of the weeks. Now, we're going to move... Nicely, nicely segue into Trump. <laughs> as you said, Trump. Earlier. A lot of things happening with him. 
Exactly. No conversation today will start or end without a mention of Trump. Exactly. Uh, that's brilliant. I just mark things at a whole new level, right? Yeah, um, I mean, even if you're on Chinese New Year gatherings and... <laughs> that is and, true. And you're not even talking about anything else. You could just be playing bridge. Okay, bridges and walls are a bit different. but Bridges and walls are different, but then you can still go 7-0 no Trump. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That is true. 7-0 no Trump, kind of like a TVP, right? <laughs> However many states there. Okay, nonetheless, okay. Uh, quite a calendar that he has coming up for him through exactly, this month. Yeah. He is going to meet Abe, I think that's just recently confirmed, on Friday, February 10th. Mm-hmm. Uh, Abe, of course, uh, Prime Minister of Japan, Japan yeah. heavily invested in the TPP consistently been urging the US to continue its commitments to the TPP. However, mm-hmm. it is not anymore. So what is going to happen at this meeting, no one yet knows. However, that is happening in the second week of February. So uh, that might set the tone further down the road through the month. Uh, we also have President Netanyahu from Israel visiting the White House, been invited by US President Donald Trump. Early February, date mm-hmm. to be confirmed. This is significant, RJ, because it marks a reset in the relations between Israel and the US, which has been strained with uh, Obama in office exactly, for a, yeah. quite a while. Exactly, yeah. And this also will pivot and show the amount of influence that Israel will continue to have over US policy in the Middle East, countries such as Iran, neighbor Syria for Israel, Mm -hmm. and how ISIS will be tackled. Either case, uh, Netanyahu to be visiting the White House early this month, expected but not confirmed as of the exact date. Mm -hmm. Another key thing that is happening with the Trump administration, the NATO meeting of defense ministers will be happening as well on 9th of February, Thursday. And the newly confirmed U.S. Defense Secretary James Mattis will be attending the meeting in Brussels ahead of the Munich Security Conference on February 17th. Okay. So this is where it kind of of, uh, comes together in terms of the relations between Trump and the European states. Because Mm. NATO is basically the the, the key organization that uh, links the two blocks together here. Exactly. One of the key issues that I think Trump will be facing is how he's going to negotiate his commitments with NATO, mm-hmm. with Europe, as well as Russia. Because as we know, he's pretty good friends with Vladimir Putin. He's very good friends, according to him. Yeah. Oh, he's well, great friends. He's great friends. He has great, great friends. friends. Technically, he's great friends <laughs> with everyone. And in the world today, we wonder how many great friends can you have? Because on one hand, Trump has uh, had a call with uh, Vladimir Putin to the Kremlin just a couple of days ago. Uh-huh. He also had a call with uh, French President François Hollande mm. to reassure his commitments to NATO. Okay. And as of today, the US has invested hundreds of millions of dollars into Ukraine for defense uh, security aid. And if Trump were to cozy up with the Russians, we wonder where uh, his stance on Eastern Europe and Ukraine and the, um, his commitments to NATO will be. Okay. One of the key things mm. moving forward as well from here is how Trump is going to align himself with his allies from NATO or with Russia in the fight with ISIS, so-called ISIS, so to speak. Do you even hear much in the news about ISIS anymore? I don't, in fact. <laughs> I'm not sure if the language has changed, but the term ISIS or Daesh has not come up too much it as it come used up to be. As it used to be. I remember like in the last year, yeah. you would see a lot, like before the Trump campaigns really started to kick off, there was a lot of talk on ISIS. Mm. There's a lot. Every time a, there was a mass murder, there was a terrorist attack somewhere, ISIS is mentioned. You had a lot of talk, a lot of commentary coming out from the US about ISIS. There mm-hmm. was public enemy number one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's changed now, hasn't it? It has, it has, because the language has changed. I don't think they refer specifically to the so-called Islamic State, mm. but rather they are using different terms such as uh, radical Islam or, uh, you know, 
things like that. And of course, action has been taken by the mm-hmm. Trump administration to to try and mitigate this problem, so to speak, with yeah. the recent with the ban recent on ban, se- yeah. seven or so how so many ever uh, most predominant Muslim states. States, yeah. And I think it's not so much that ISIS has dropped out of the radar per se. It's just that the language surrounding terror, so to speak, in, mm. in the US has shifted in that way. Now, one of the good byproducts of this is that it has delegitimized the so-called Islamic State. Because if it doesn't appear in the newspaper all that much, then it loses the legitimization that the public media gives it by reporting on it as though it is an Islamic State. Exactly. If a bomb explodes in Syria and no one reports it, has it actually exploded? <laughs> well, that's a philosophical question that we can leave to another podcast on the Exactly. Road. <laughs> Either case, so I mean, this is the key issue because it really changes the way that uh, the US deals with ISIS, whether with or against Russia. Yep. All right, so let's look at OPEC. What's happening with OPEC? So in December, OPEC has got together and mm-hmm. they made, cut a deal to cut production of uh, oil, cut supply of oil rather. Yeah. And we are going to see in February the first rounds of cuts because the deal was struck late December, early January. So January contracts were not cut. But in February, this we is when expect something. we would expect to see contracts cut uh, in terms of the amount of oil supplied out of the OPEC uh, countries to other refineries across the globe. Okay. So, if you look at Saudi Arabia, they have already have uh, cuts for their exports to India and Malaysia. Well, Saudi Arabia, the biggest uh, producer of oil, the bigger exporter of oil. Okay. Iraq is the second largest amongst the OPEC states. They have given full supply allocations. The oh, three okay. refineries across Asia and Europe. So they are still keeping steady okay. on their supply of oil. And Saudi Arabia, in fact, even though they have cut to India and Malaysia, have maintained it, maintained for, the it rest. for the rest of Asia. Okay. Many analysts expect oil to be cut by at least 18% in terms of their volume to Europe and the United States. However, for the most part, we are not sure whether the compliance across OPEC states are going to meet the expectations of what is needed for the cut to raise oil prices by the middle of this year. Okay, so when you say raising oil prices, will that necessarily translate down to us? Should I expect a higher number when I walk into Esso or Shell? Oh, I would think so. I think I think straight up, straight up front, that that, that will happen. That will yeah? happen. Okay, that will happen. Firstly, that will happen. Uh, secondly, of course, is because oil industry in Singapore accounts for five percent of our GDP, and we are refining. So when we take crude oil, which is already in low supply, we refine it and make it better. Mm-hmm. The better product is also in low supply, which means the price can go up higher. Okay, there we go. That's that's why I need you, Ajay. That's why I need you. That's why. Now, one of the key concerns, of course, it's not just simply about the prices itself. The question Hmm. is whether the prices will hit. Because here's what happened over the last two years. There has been an oversupply. Okay. And therefore, prices of crude oil have dropped to a low of less than $30 a barrel, I think, in 2014 or 15. 14, 15, yeah. There was a huge drop, yeah. Yeah. And what OPEC is trying to do is to raise the prices yet again because they have been basically suffering with the low oil prices. Exactly, yeah. In this deal, there are OPEC states as well as non-member states, such as Russia. However, the US is not part of this deal which has continued to pump oil out. (laughs) And so it's a game theory thing here, isn't it? Because we wonder whether all of the states are going to comply. Historically, compliance amongst OPEC states has been pretty good. Mm -hmm. However, let's take, for example, Indonesia, one of our neighbours here. Indonesia has recently joined 
OPEC again, again. after a seven-year absence. Okay. And following the meeting, they just have suspended <laughs> their the membership <laughs> because, look, they were asked to reduce by 5% oil production. And that, of course, would greatly yes. impact. Yeah, it would greatly impact. The Indonesian economy. Yeah. So Indonesia suspended its membership in the OPEC, uh, amongst the OPEC states. And it only remains to be seen whether non-member states as well as member states would stick to the expected oil cuts to raise the price of oil by the middle of this year. Okay. There we go. Now, let's finish off swiftly with the rest of the things that you can look forward to in a quick <laughs> rundown here. Uh, just very quickly, yeah, February 15th, Wednesday, that is when the elections in Jakarta for the next governor will be happening. Uh, recent unrest, political unrest in Jakarta over this specific election where mm. the current sitting governor was charged or at least uh, accused of blasphemy and that of course has resulted in some of the biggest protests in exactly. Jakarta for exactly. almost a decade if I'm not wrong. Yeah. So the election itself happening February 15th, Wednesday that you can look forward to or no, right. look out for. Look out for it's right after Valentine's Day so if it oh, wow. was a real bummer for you you can tune in and feel better. <laughs> well, make love not war. Make love not war. Uh, what else is happening? We also have a couple of uh, okay let's, let's take a look at this first yeah we have Ecuador, who are uh, South American, right? Yep, Ecuador, having, South American, yeah. They are having an election on this month as well uh, for their president and a referendum. They are the largest exporters of bananas. That is the thing. <laughs> I did not know that Ecuador was the largest exporter of bananas in the world. So next time you go to N2C Fan Price or Senchong and you pick up your yellow friend, you're making a vote. You're making a vote. <laughs> <laughs> In any case, Ecuador having their elections on this month. Uh, China and Canada have a free trade agreement talk that is expected from early February. Mm -hmm. That, of course, just plays into more of the global trends that are going to be happening early part of this month. Exactly. Again, very happening month. And last two things we want to talk about, of course, in science and tech. Science and tech. We have a comet flying past the Earth. Wow, that is very specific. Uh, well, hey, we hey, have one on. comet flying past the Earth. <laughs> it's going to have flown past <laughs> nine other planets, right? However, however many there are left now. That is on February 11th. I think they passed Singapore last year, is it? Yeah, they did pass Singapore last year. Now, this one is very interesting because part of the name of this comet yeah. belongs to a corporation. Oh, it does. Comet <laughs> 45P-HMP. Uh, HMP standing for... Honda. <laughs> Uh, Honda Honda Someone. and the others are just names of I think some of the researchers involved in that project oh, okay. but you can see what diversification of industry means that means your automobile <laughs> automotive industry is looking to the stars as well aha uh -huh. well that's uh, the comment <laughs> 52PHMP coming up February 11th. Last but not least, of course, is an annual, annual eclipse that's later in the month of February 26th. This is not an annual eclipse, it's yeah. annular. Annular. <laughs> Still have no idea what that is, but it's Still. an eclipse nonetheless. Uh, so it'll be, it'll be a romantic night to take your friend or your loved ones out. Science Centre has uh, screenings, oh, yeah. So oh. apparently it's free of charge, you can just walk in. But some of the other exhibits are, of course, paper. Pay-per-view. Pay-per-view. All right. <laughs> well, that's all the time we have today. I think we've gone far further to go. Yeah. Well, thank you for tuning in to The 7 Day Brew. Hopefully that this podcast has given you a nice uh, outlook for the month ahead in February. The key events that you can look out for in Global Trends and News. That is The 7 Day Brew, what we do. If you had liked what you heard, subscribe. iTunes, SoundCloud. If you did not like what you heard, 
<laughs> subscribe as well no harm uh, you can share all your thoughts with me in the comments below on SoundCloud you can email me 7daybrew at gmail.com that is all the time we have thank you so much for coming on RJ yeah thanks for having me it's been great fun <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> always love your input okay? yeah. <laughs> thank you once again we'll see you on the next brew <laughs>